0: Back to the "Where If You Take You" podcast. I am Kayla Bowker, and I'm here with Aaron Oliphant, my co-host. And we're excited to bring you another episode here, where potentially we don't have children screaming in the background. I can't make any promises, which I'll go into in a minute here. Why? Um, but we are here to chat tra- triathlon, life, training, racing, all things in between, and yeah, we come to you each week with answers to questions and any topics that maybe you want us to go over. So before we kind of dive into our main topic of the week, um, remember you can send us questions at www.whereyoufeettakeyou.com podcast. It's a great place to send us questions and we know that you have them because both Aaron and I got quite a few of them over Instagram earlier today. So thank you to everybody who sent us in questions and thank you to those of you that uh, put a review in or um, whatever the little stars on Apple podcasts for us last week. We appreciate that. The more that you can share this podcast for us, um, if you enjoy listening to us banter about life, uh, the more that it helps the podcast to be seen and just the ability for us to get, you know, content out to you guys and um, yeah, have some fun doing it. So we'll just kind of catch up on life here first. Erin, you started a new job. How's life? How's everything going? Training? We're in taper time frame? Yeah.
1: Woo. Um, yeah, started a new job on Monday of this week. It's going pretty well so far. It's definitely different and I'm gonna have to do my training from now on at different hours than I'm used to, um, which is fine. It's what everybody else does, so just getting used to that. Um, But I enjoy it so far. Um, I don't think much else has gone gone on in my life since last time. Did my last long run on Saturday, it was definitely hotter than last time. So my first 12 miles were a little slower, but I was still able to kind of descend and my last six miles were pretty good and I actually felt better than the last six miles last week. Um, so that's really positive. And I'm actually feeling pretty confident headed into Coeur d'Alene in two weeks now. So you should be confident. You've had a really good yeah. training block. Yeah, feeling good. And the one thing with Ironman's is a lot of that run can kind of come down to willpower and ability to push through that pain. And I'm feeling like I can do that. And I'm in a good place to do that, especially because I already booked my Airbnb in Kona, so can't lose that money. <laughs> so I've got to keep.
0: Going. I I love that though. So um, and the reason I love that is because, and I'm gonna pull up here, like, so I can actually get it correct this time. But what that is, that concept, that idea of like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm gonna book the, I'm gonna book the hotel. I'm gonna say it out loud. Is because that's you literally saying out loud this is my goal. And so I've been reading this book, well, haven't started really started it too much yet, but Find Your Why by Simon Sinek. I'm not sure if I'm saying his last name right, but the one of the very first pages I turned to when I opened it was a big huge quote that said, "Your vision is only actionable if you say it out loud. If you keep it to yourself, it will remain a figment of your imagination." So, by you booking that Kona hotel, you are saying it out loud. You're holding yourself accountable to it. You're putting it out to the world. Hey, this is what I want to do. And this is what I'm going to do. And I, so I think that's, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's very powerful. And you'll be able to use it on the race course too. be like, no, 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 you got to hang in there because you booked that, you know, you booked that flight or you booked that hotel. You got, you got to get there. You got to get it done. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a powerful way to hold yourself accountable to your goals and to really like get you excited about it.
1: Yeah. And I'm definitely excited. I do the same thing actually, um, with race apparel. Like if you've done an Ironman race, you know, they'll sell gear that says finisher on it and I'll buy the finisher gear before a race. And like a St. George, especially last year, it was a really rough race for me and just knowing I had the finisher shirt and I really liked the shirt I bought. I was like, I have to finish. I bought the shirt. <laughs> it right. just get motivated me to keep going. So the small stuff like that can really help, especially in an Ironman race where a lot of it does come down to willpower.
0: Yeah. It's the little things that there's nothing wrong with a little bit of outside intr- or outside extrinsic motivation that can <laughs> that doesn't help keep you going. Um, yeah. I'm all for that. Um, awesome. Well, cool. That sounds like uh, yeah, you've had a good week. You had, like I said, you had a good training block. We're now moving into a little bit of a taper and just kind of rejuvenation period for you, or just trying to keep you nice and sharp and um, ready for you know, adjusting to the fact that, you know, a little bit of an addition with a different type of schedule and then, you know, moving into race week it actually kind of being you know, having the time frame to have to adjust your schedule comes at a good time frame because yeah. we are we are not deloading, but we're deloading to an extent. So
1: yeah. yeah, no, it comes at a really good time. Like today I only have an hour fifteen I think on the bike. Um so doing that after recording this podcast actually um, which if you know me, I usually do all my workouts at noon. So it's definitely different, but I have time still, which will be good.
0: Yeah. The so anyway, piece that you'll, about the, me, the piece that you'll <laughs> have to like manage is actually kind of falls into a little bit of what we're going to do is like changing how you fuel. Yeah. And that's going to be the piece that you'll have to kind of like work through, I think.
1: So enough about me. How's your week going? I know your day has been chaotic.
0: Oh my goodness. today's just been, I'm, so I'm in a, also in a little bit of a, like a, We call them, my coach and I call them rejuvenation weeks training-wise, and I don't always love them, Um, mostly because I feel like garbage during them. Um, I feel really sluggish and slow and not motivated, Um, and that's how I've kind of felt the last two days. And then um, yesterday, I had a lot of work done on my shoulder that I injured, Um, and so today it's really bothering me. And I my swim today was a disaster because of that. Um and then today's just been a little bit of a disaster. The kids have been um they're being wonderful at the moment. They're sitting here <laughs> eating popsicles, um, staring at me and being super fabulous. They really are. They're being super quiet and good. But uh before the whole day, we've had a lot of crying today. Um <laughs> just a lot of crying. Uh, Baylor Brandon took Skyler golfing this morning, and Baylor didn't get to go. So that was a half hour of crying, and then he just looked. He just popped his head up and was looking at me. (laughs) Um, And then uh, dropping Bear off with. We have a girl that's coming to help um, through the week, um, so that I can train and work. And it's a really challenge. It's a huge challenge to drop him off, and it's emotionally really, really draining and hard. And it just like pours down all this mom guilt and that I'm doing the wrong things. I don't know. Just so much mom guilt. Um, And like I actually left this morning and drove around town in my car for like 20 minutes crying and decompressing because I was so overwhelmed and stimulated and sad that I had to drop my kid off and A lot of things, um, which resulted in a terrible run. So that was fun, Um, and then busy day on top of that. And then I was trying to drop the kids off at my my mom, my mom's house, so grandma's, um, because they live close to us for this hour time frame, so I could record this podcast without them in the background, and that was a disaster they would not go with grandma and grandma had like stopped golf so that she could come watch them for an hour and they would not go with her. And then I I had this appointment with you set up to, um, hold on. Now I'm going to have to yell somebody. No, Skylar, that's for him. He is eating it. Please let him have it. Um, and they're fighting over popsicles. And so that was a disaster. So then I decided at the last second to bring them home because I couldn't handle the crying and the screaming and the I want mommy anymore. Like just couldn't do it. And then trying to get this set up for you and I couldn't get technology to work. And Skyler was screaming in the background because he wanted to go play golf. And well, here we are. Here's my. We made it. We made it. They're eating popsicles, mango popsicles, and they are loving life at this exact second. And. Hopefully, hopefully, Dad will be home soon so that um, he can mitigate the the second half of this. Because with this age of children, I get twenty minutes, maybe is about the extent that I get of quiet um, before things start to get a little chaotic. So we'll see how long we get here. We're at ten minutes.
1: Oh We're good. We can. If I have to. We can- if I have to do thirty minutes of this podcast just talking to myself, I might be able right to do it.
0: You. Either that or <laughs> we could take bets. We could take bets in here, like at what time frame will Kayla yell at somebody?
1: Yeah. No, I'm going are- like fourteen
0: thirty. Yeah, you guys are going to be good, right? Everything's going to be good. Yeah, they're nodding their heads in the background. So. Um, Awesome. Okay. Well, we have, um, a couple for sure. One main topic that we're going to talk today and then we'll kind of go and see where we get to with everything else. But we had a couple questions on race, not even necessarily race nutrition, but just, just intra training nutrition. Um, so intra meaning there's pre post and intra intra meaning during, um, and that's kind of the, one of the main things that we like to talk about. Um, and, we're, you know, Aaron and I are not nutritionists, so we don't really talk too much about daily nutrition besides the fact that, hey, really, you need to make sure that you're getting in carbohydrates, proteins, and eat your calories. Um, we leave that to um, dietitians. But maybe one of these days we actually get one on and chat with them. Yeah. that would probably be good. Um, so, yeah, let's just kind of chat. Race nutrition here. We'll kind of start with um, what we do maybe and then we'll roll into we had a specific question in regards to fructose and glucose which Aaron did some research on uh, for us um, since I couldn't get get a chance to do it we were both chatting before saying we learned this in college But it's been a minute, especially for me, um, since uh, we pulled that out of our brains and we were both like, well, we know the technical difference between fructose and glucose, but why it's beneficial? I don't think I can pull that out of my hat right now. So Erin's going to do some chatting on that because she did some quick research for us and um, yeah. But with race uh, race coming up for you, let's have you, Aaron, kind of run through kind of what you do for a race nutrition plan since you've got one coming up. Um, and then we'll, yeah, we'll just kind of chat from there.
1: Well, I actually just packed all my fuel bags for the race. So Ooh, good. I'm able to give you um, very detailed about everything. So I'll just start race morning. Uh, race morning, I wake up. Um, I never want to eat, but you have to eat before a yes. race, especially if it's an Ironman. Like Please eat before
0: sex. your races. <laughs>
1: yes. So at minimum, I have a banana with almond butter in a bar. Um, I will try and get some oatmeal down, but sometimes a banana in a bar is going to have to be it. Um, but it's something. It is better than nothing. It's better than nothing. Um,
0: Though ideally... Ideally, you should target like 600 calories if you can. Um, The
1: banana and almond butter and bar usually get me to 500. Well, because I also have some. Anyway, I have a blue Powerade, a very big blue Powerade, along with the water. Um, And I will sip on the Powerade all the way through the swim corral. So when I see the race starts in three minutes, I just set it on the side of the corral um, and do that. I will have a gel or cliff blocks depending on which one I'm feeling 15 minutes before the swim start. Uh, Oh, I forgot my pre-race coffee. There might be some backtracking here. I have a pre-race coffee too. (laughs) I've discussed that. I try and get my poop out before. Smart,
0: (laughs) smart, smart, smart.
1: But So that's the swim. Um, Get out of the swim, get on my bike. And as soon as I kind of get into a groove and know I'm out of like all the turn zones that usually happen within the first couple of miles, of a race to kind of get you to the long stretch. Um I try to eat something solid at that point. Um I'm someone who does get hungry, so having something solid um is good and I'm far enough from the run where I'm not too worried about it. So I'll usually have um either a cliff Z bar or a scratch Rice Krispie treat. Um oh, those are good rice crispy treat I usually go like half of it and then this whole time i'll have um scratch super fuel mix that i'll be sipping on um i go through four bottles of that throughout the course of a race which the bike leg usually takes me five and a half to six hours um so i have two on my bike ready to go and then i have two waiting for me in my special needs bags and then my aero bottle is water that i refill at every aid station and, my and so scratch. for those,
0: for those wondering, the scratch super fuel is about 400 calories per bottle and around hundred grams of carbs. Um, yes. so it's a really, um, and it's a great option because it's, um, made with dextrin, cluster dextrin, um, which can be, is really easy for the most part, most people don't have an issue with digesting it. It's also digested a little bit slower um, so that you're getting not these up and down spikes. Um, you're going to be a lot more stable.
1: So I really like it, and that's what I use. Um, I also add, I think, a half a teaspoon of salt to each bottle um, just based on my – I've done some level in sweat testing. Um, so based on my sweat testing, I put that amount of salt in there to kind of replenish the electrolytes lost. Um, and then, so I drink that throughout the bike hour two, I have some cliff blocks hour three, I have some scratch chews and then hour four and five, I will have a gel and either some chews or another gel. Um, just depending on what I'm feeling like. I always have a gel in my special needs bag, one with caffeine, one without, depending yeah. on what I'm needed needing. And when I stopped to grab the, um, the my bottles, I'll kind of just take the gel right there and get it over yeah. with because I really don't enjoy it much.
0: And I think that's a really good point right there is that she's, you know, Aaron stops and I, this was a question that I had an athlete ask me not too long ago was well what do you do when you run out of your drink mix on your bottles because i she's like I, I i'm out there for six hours i don't have enough room on my bike do you just refill them or do you just I, I switch to real food and i said well i stop at personal needs and so aaron is kind of saying the same thing so at personal needs in a full distance Ironman, there's a personal needs drop and you can put um extra calories, extra pre-made bottles. So I, for me, I pre-make my one to two bottles that I'm going to need for the second portion, second to last third of the bike. And I grab them. It takes, I think a Texas, it literally took me five seconds to grab and I was back on my way. Use personal needs. Don't try to carry everything. Use personal needs. It'll help make it easier and it makes sure that you can grab all those pieces. Um, and so Aaron, you're probably getting, about 500 ish 600 calories every 90 minutes or so probably
1: yeah and i can pull it up approximately (laughs) specifically right now um and i think the reason you know one of
0: the reasons that
1: like 80 grams of carbs per hour i'm not sure on the calories but i know i'm around 80 grams of carbs
0: that's like perfect yeah um, you know, what? so one of the reasons that we, we harp on this and why it's so important to ensure, like a lot of times people think, well, 80 grams of carbs an hour, you know, really I think that's like 300 and usually approximation of like 350 ish calories an hour, um, which would put you at about 500 ish. Every ninety minutes or so, Um, I'm saying ish because I'm kind of approximating. I'm not. I don't know those numbers off the top of my head. But why is it's really important to refuel on the bike and to consume that number of calories because um, you're basically replenishing your glycogen stores that you're depleting. So in order for us to have muscular contractions, i.e., move really, right? <laughs> um, ATP needs to be produced. So ATP is adenosine triphosphate. And that's kind of our workhorse. It's our power horse. It's, it's the, the type of, it's the energy that kind of powers us through everything that we do and allows our cells to function. Without ATP, you don't function. Simple as that. Um, and one of the main ways that ATP is produced is through the glycolysis, or the breakdown of glucose into glycogen. And so you have to, and glycogen comes from carbohydrates. You have to consume sugars and carbohydrates in order to constantly replenish that. If you do not, you will bonk. And it is shown actually that at a higher intensity which is what most of us race at. We race at a higher intensity. So one of the things a lot of us will find is we're like, well, we don't need that much maybe as while well. we're training. And that's that's understandable. And Aaron and you and I have talked about this in the past, how like you've noticed that as your intensity has increased, you, the amount of carbs that you've needed to take has increased. And I've noticed the same thing. But it's because are studies have shown that as intensity increases and you get closer to that VO2 max or that threshold, then you actually burn ATP, utilize ATP at a faster rate. So you're going to burn glycogen at a faster rate. And so you need to consume more in order to cover it. And that's why it's so important to fuel and to fuel with carbohydrates, water, and then electrolytes, which are a different topic or different, you know, string. Um, And it's, it's one of the biggest factors of a race not going well. And the crazy thing is, is you may not feel it on the bike. You'll feel it on the run if, you, if yep. you mess with that.
1: It becomes so much harder to get those calories and those carbs in. One, because your system is kind of just sloshing more because it's more of that up and down movement. Mm-hmm. Um, two, like you can't really, on the bike you're stable, you can grab things, you can carry food with you. On the yep. run that becomes a lot harder to do. Yeah. Um,
0: So if you get behind on the bike, it's really hard to make it up on the run. In fact, it's almost impossible.
1: Yeah. So going onto the run, I feel I have at least one cup of Gatorade Endurance at every aid station. So every aid station, no matter how I'm feeling, if I need it or not, I drink the Gatorade Endurance um, because that is a source of calories and carbs for me. Um, And then I will take a gel approximately every hour, um, so about three to four gels throughout the course of the race. Um, and then I actually am someone, I will race with a handheld flask just filled with water. Um, I drink a ton of water in my daily life and I hate the feeling of my mouth being dry. Um, so just having my water bottle with me at all times and I usually end up refilling that every six or seven miles. But that's my run plan. Um, on top of everything i'm pretty good at listening to my body and Mm -hmm. adjusting things as needed um usually never go less but like at kona i was very grumpy getting off my bike Um, so i had some red bull because i know caffeine helps my mood a lot um yeah or like sometimes coke does sound really good in the moment just taking a quick swig of coke is nice um, or adjusting my salt, taking extra salt licks. If I feel like i just have water sloshing up everywhere and still feel dehydrated for some reason, that's usually my sign. I need more salt. So just listening to my body and adjusting on the spot too.
0: Yeah. And that salt lick um, concept is, is why electrolytes and in, in, in sodium and potassium and, and even magnesium um, is so important because it helps actually maintain homeostasis within the gut because the electrolytes are actually helping to shuttle the carbohydrates between a mixture of the electrolytes and water. So a lot of times I'll get athletes who will maybe they drink their nutrition, um, which is great. I drink all my nutrition. Um, But they will drink their nutrition, but they won't drink any water. So they'll drink three bottles of nutrition, but they'll drink one bottle of water in like a four-hour duration. And, but then they, they feel kind of sick in their gut and they feel drowsy and they um, feel really dehydrated. And they're like, I don't understand. I, I cover all these bases. And it's like, well, how much water did you drink? When, any of those pieces? And they say, well, one bottle. You're actually not, then two things are happening. One, you're not actually hydrating yourself all that well because your body utilizes the calories that you're consuming as calories more than it utilizes the actual hydration Two, water and electrolytes actually helps you to shuttle the carbohydrates that you're consuming to the muscles so that you can actually then utilize it into and turn it into glycogen. Whereas if you're not consuming that, then it just starts to sit in your gut because it's not actually being helped shuttle through sodium ion channels and um, uh, I believe it's also this I never can remember the other ones but that's the main one I remember but the sodium ion channels which actually then are what help you to kind of pull that glucose where it needs to go and so when you say yeah I start to feel sick to my stomach and you take an extra salt like and it helps it's because you're starting to create a better homeostasis within the gut Um on top of replenishing electrolytes that your body is losing. Um, and I love that you said that you've done some sweat testing because that's a really powerful tool that, um, can be done a couple of ways. You said you used used leveling. Is that what you used? I did. Yeah. They're, they're great. Precision hydration does some, um, and then, uh, another easy way to do it. You can literally you weigh yourself before you um, start your session and then you weigh yourself immediately after. So don't go to the bathroom, don't drink anything, etc. Weigh yourself immediately after and then there's a calculation that you do and it'll help you determine how much body weight that you've lost and then you can kind of do a percentage of, hey, this is how much, you know, if I lose X body weight, then I've probably lost X amount of um, sodium. Um, it's really important piece to um, – pay attention to because sodium loss is really, really huge and can just completely shut down your day, um, especially in really hot and humid pieces. Um, the other piece that I love that you said is that you really listen to your body when you're out there because it's really, you never know. Like I've had races where I've literally taken a gel every mile, like every single aid station, which is a lot of gels.
1: (laughs) It's a lot of gels. I'm sure you just wanted to brush your teeth after.
0: Oh yeah, I don't even remember. I, I always want a coffee afterwards because I think it's the heat and the, <laughs> the, the acidity of coffee versus like the sweetness that I've been that I've been having because I, I felt like I needed calories. Like I didn't feel like I had enough energy to do what I needed to do. Um, but then there's been other races like Texas where I ate chips the entire time and or no oranges, I ate oranges. That's all I could get down. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did to get it down.
1: Yeah. One thing I think is important to know that I think not everybody knows about that I just thought about while you were talking about drinking water in addition to your nutrition is that some gels require water to be digested properly. So there's two types of gels hypotonic and some. It, yeah, one gel you're, you need more. You're to right. Process, you're right. One you don't. <laughs> um, science terms, not as good with concepts. I know. Um, so there's a lot of gels that you need to take water to even digest, or else mm-hmm. you're going to get sick. So pay attention to that when you're buying your nutrition products and kind of what's yes. required with it. That's
0: a really, that. that's a really good point because um, you're right. Because some do. Um, you know, there's definitely ones like that's what Martin is like quote unquote known for is that they don't, they're hydro, they're hydrogel and they don't have to have uh, water to get it down. Um, how people eat those, I'm not sure. They hurt my tummy <laughs> and they taste like boogers. Um, <laughs> but that's that was a really great point. Um, and I think it's also important to know that when we say that you need to consume water, it doesn't mean that you need to necessarily be, like, overloading your system hydration-wise between your your, your calories and, and water and electrolytes and all these things. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, wow, how many bottles do I need to drink? Um, and it is going to be a little bit different for everybody. And, and you can consume too much. So, you do have to kind of be pay attention to those pieces. Um, I mean, I know for me, I'm similar to you. I'm kind of a heavy liquid drinker. Um, I, in a full Ironman, if I do it correctly, I will drink four to five bottles of calories and I will fill up my arrow bottle with water around four times, probably three to four times. Um, which is equivalent of approximately three to four bottles of water. Um, depending on the heat and, and everything. So we're looking at like seven bottles consumed. Um, but I've been doing that for a long time. I've kind of trained myself to drink, to, to do that. And I don't drink it fast. I drink it slowly. Okay, I take sips like every 10 minutes of everything, water, calories, etc., so that I'm not gulping things down, which can upset your stomach, you can, a lot of people, if you start gulping, they take in air almost and you start hiccuping and, or burping. And then next thing you know, maybe you're going to throw it up. That has happened. I've seen athletes do that. Um, and same, you know, then you're just having a sloshy tummy. Um, and so, you know, it's, you don't have to like guzzle water. (laughs) Um, And, but you do want to make sure that you're getting water in on top of it. And this even goes the same for if you're, if you're a, someone who does nutrition from a solid standpoint, because, um, then you definitely need to make sure that you're getting electrolytes and, and, um, uh, water in doing it from a full solid standpoint is very challenging. I think personally, I do not know why I could eat that much to To eat because oh, I per- I shoot I for like that much. yeah I will end up pooping everywhere
1: if, <laughs> if it gets hot yes I, if it gets hot I never want to eat anything um,
0: and it melts
1: oh.
0: and it gets oh. soggy <laughs> and hot yeah, yeah. no
1: really it's hard like to chew yeah
0: I do too yeah but is. if you think about it when you're trying to get in like I try to I try to consume about 500 calories every 90, 80 to 90 minutes, that's a lot of calories to eat. Um, and if you're trying to eat them, it can be challenging. There's, there's definitely people that adhere, you know, there's definitely the, the ideas that it's more better for you to eat your calories than to drink your calories. Um, and that, that's, that is a thought process that is out there and and a lot of people adhere to, and that's great. Um, so if you have found a way to do that, that's awesome. Um, but I know for you and I, it's challenging.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's also the thought process, though, that having your body digest actual foods takes more energy um, because there's more to it usually. So there's just a ton of different ways to think. Um, bottom line is, though, try to get calories in whichever way you find best. Yeah. Uh, uh, with that, should we switch a little to talking about fructose, fructose yeah. glucose? Yeah. So Aaron had a,
0: someone give her a great question as to – um, which one's better? Fructose or glucose? Um, um, and you know which one is easier to get down. And so um, the difference between the two more than anything was I think was what they were asking. So Erin is gonna kind of chat on that because she did some research and I did not.
1: <laughs> okay, so fructose and glucose are both forms of carbohydrates, um, which is something we need, especially in moderate to high intensity endurance exercise. Uh, fructose if you're familiar with it at all you might think that it's bad and that we shouldn't consume any fructose because I believe health organizations have advised against it for the average individual um, because it is tends to be more highly processed sugar Um, however as endurance athletes we are using carbohydrates so quickly that fructose actually is not a bad thing for us and we should not look at it as a bad thing
0: especially um, in 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 training and training, in, yeah. in in you know intra performance um, you know yes. if we're talking daily life maybe a different story about what, don't what, need what it. yeah <laughs> Aaron is very spe- Aaron is very specifically referencing in intra training and, and racing
1: yeah then glucose is known as like the healthier sugar what we get from fruits um, and our whole foods um, is generally what we think of when we think glucose. Um, So historically in endurance exercise, because we've had this negative connotation around fructose, people haven't wanted to consume it. Um, However, research has shown that consuming a um, equal part fructose glucose mixture will actually be the most beneficial. Um, to kind of dive deeper into that, the primary limiting factor of glucose oxidation, which is how our body kind of uses the carbohydrates to get energy to our body, um, is intestinal absorption. Um, fructose is actually metabolized and transferred through different proteins than glucose, um, which means that if you consume both of them, it actually can increase oxidation rates because it's being done in different places and by different proteins. Um, so when we're exercising at a moderate to high intensity where we are utilizing high rates of carbohydrates, um, and that intensity of the workout is at two and a half hours or longer, like it would be during your long training sessions or during a half Ironman to Ironman race. Um, it's really beneficial to fuel with glucose and fructose, um, at around equal rates of around 90 grams of carbs per hour between the two to really utilize that oxidation, um, and get the carbs to your body and readily available as fast as possible and as efficiently as possible. So did that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I did. Um, I loved that. Um, I'm just actually looking, I believe, so like Scratch Superfuel is that. Yes. Um, it's a combination of kind of that, that glucose molecule and the fructose molecule. Um, and then there's other brands too that um, I would have to do some really fast looking here. But, you know, that are going to utilize kind of that um, that combination of the two so that you are, like you said, using it so that you can kind of use different, um, yeah, here I'm looking at precision hydration as a two to one glucose to fructose ratio to aid in carbohydrate um, uptake. So uh, I bet if we were to look at a lot of different drink mixes, we would probably see that, especially some of the newer ones um, or these newer versions.
1: My Everett gels I use um, are also 2 one glucose fructose, and I I love them, Um, but I feel like they do a really good job. Um, The reason to why fructose has been kind of frowned upon is that it can cause gastrointestinal issues if it's used just on its own. Um, but when you're combining it with glucose, it tends not to have those issues, which is why we often see the two-to-one mixture. I think
0: safe to say that, you know, most most mixes or gels, um, again, I'm, I've been doing a really fast. I just looked at Precision, um, and I was going to really quick try to look at Martin, but theirs is completely different. So um, they do, like, they have their Hydrogel, which I don't know if that's made up of, um, a fructose mixture or not. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if I'd have to read it faster. Um, and I
1: will Skylar know, to re- that was all kind of, <laughs> hi Skylar. Um, that was specifically in regards to during exercise. Yes. Um, however, you can kind of use some similar concepts post-exercise. Um, so fueling with fructose isn't going to be beneficial in the sense that you need the energy at that high of a rate, or you need it to oxidize as quickly. Um, however, you should be feeling at around half a gram per pound of body weight per hour for the four hours, um, following an intense training session, if you need to recover quickly. Um, and if you find like you have that hard of a time with just glucose, um, it's okay to add some fructose in, um, and by doing so you're kind of reducing the stress on the liver, um, as well as you're probably not going to have those gastrointestinal issues that you would normally have with fructose because you're also using glucose.
0: Awesome. We should note that neither Aaron nor I are nutritionists um, or dietitians, (laughs) Um, but we are lovers of the sport. We study the sport. We're both coaches. Um, I have a biology degree from Gonzaga, was pre-med and spent a lot of time living in the nutrition world because of it. Aaron has a sports science degree. We like to research these things. So uh, we may, I don't know if you are a dietitian and we totally butchered that, please let us know. But um (laughs) we we try hard to not bring you guys crazy uh information so um yeah hopefully you guys kind of found that interesting i know i did it was definitely one of those things where as she was talking i was like oh yeah i remember that now i remember that now it's amazing how when some you start reading it it's like oh okay i did learn that (laughs) but i don't remember off the top of my head um Which kind of brings us, you mentioned in there, like your post-nutrition. I think that's a good place to go next, too. Um, Not even just in racing. You know, racing, if you race a a half Ironman or or a full Ironman afterwards, eat what you want. Like, (laughs) eat, no matter what it is that you want to eat. Uh, Everybody kind of craves something different. Like I think I mentioned, I I crave um, coffee. I always want a Starbucks coffee afterwards. And I think it's kind of the, like my throat's always really raw after uh, a, a, a race because you're breathing so hard. And, um, at, and then, you know, I have the acidity, but, and but I usually don't want anything sweet. I usually want something like, I go, I go one of two ways after a, a race. I've had races where I literally want like chicken strips, kids meal type off the menu chicken strips. Um, but then I've also like wanted like the freshest greenest type of salad because it's like I've eaten sugar and chips and sweets all day. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. get me something, you know, healthy. Um, if I can get food down, I don't know about anybody else, but sometimes after races, I have a hard time eating for like 24, 48 hours. I think after racing, it's important just to eat and make that kind of your priority in whatever form. Enjoy it. Have the drink that you want to have that maybe you haven't had or to uh, um, eat the pizza, eat the burger. You just need to replenish those calories and the glycogen that you just depleted off the face of the earth. Because even though we just talked about like, you know, eating or consuming these calories, what you're doing in your race, you're not replenishing. You're not even restocking or anything you no.
1: you're,
0: you're you're barely maintaining you're barely maintaining you're by. <laughs> yeah you're basically just introducing enough into your system to bolster what you have stored in you which comes from what you did the entire week prior to the race and and so one of the best ways to kind of preload for a race is not necessarily the night before but almost the whole week, like three, four days beforehand, increasing your carbohydrates a little bit, increasing your calories a little bit, starting to drink your electrolytes on a regular basis. Um, you know, having that extra bottle of whatever you like, Gatorade, Powerade, Element, a precision hydration, you know, whichever, whatever brand it is that you, you prefer. Um, so that you are storing ahead of times, doing it the night before, Your body doesn't digest it fast enough for it actually to be stored in your system it just is it just ends up actually kind of just sitting there so the night before the day before you actually want to just all you want to do is avoid fiber so decrease the amount of fiber that you're consuming by almost almost completely everything everything. (laughs) you want to have a little bit of fiber just so that you can keep kind of your system running your gi system running um, but you pretty much want to avoid fiber completely the day before. Other than that, you eat you want to eat it's kind of a similar amount of calories and maybe what you normally eat. it's It's the days leading into it. So, you know, I always tell athletes if you're someone who normally only has a half a cup of oatmeal for breakfast, have a cup. If you only have a quarter cup of rice with your dinner, have a half a cup, or you know it doesn't have to be like gobbling down spaghetti. It just has to be these these extra pieces here and there, um, you know, eat the cookie, eat the extra cookie you know, the, the week leading into it um, so that you are preloading early and your body's actually storing it and metabolizing it to be utilized on race day.
1: So I think that covers most of our nutrition talk. For
0: the yeah, day. I think so. Anything you wanted to add? I think. No,
1: I don't think so. I think uh...
0: I think my biggest piece that I want to stress to everybody is practice it, practice it, practice it, practice it. I can't tell you how many times I get to a round race day and I ask athletes, "What, what you know? Hey, let's go over here and re- remind me of your nutrition plan." And they're like, "Oh, I don't have one." It's like I've been telling you. I put it in the notes. I've been telling you to practice it. Like, what are you? Why not? Practice it. You have to practice it. You have to learn, see what works for you because everybody's system works differently. Everybody metabolizes things differently. Everybody needs a different amount of, of carbohydrates and a, and a different amount of calories um, than than other, others. And you know, like Aaron needs more solid foods than I do. I don't take as many solid foods. She needs them because she's a different human. She's a different athlete. So Practice your nutrition. Start it early. Start it, do it often. Um, and also, don't be afraid during training to stop and refuel. We've talked about this in the past. <laughs> um, it's not hurting anything. It doesn't mean that you're failing at your sessions. Uh, do loops if you have to, but don't be afraid to stop and refill. We do it.
1: Yeah. Fair Aaron, and Aaron does my 18 mile <laughs> run. On Sunday, I stopped after mile 12 and after mile 13, or sorry, after yeah. mile 6 and mile 13 to refuel. And let me tell you, I did not want to continue after mile 6, so that break turned into like 10 minutes <laughs> of my refill break. That's all like, right. It's okay. Like, you get the miles done. You and get them especially done. Especially with like long runs and long rides, it's way more about time on your feet and yep. time spent in the saddle than... And you don't want to get yourself into a hole by not fueling properly. No,
0: because it also will affect, we've talked about this on other podcasts too, that's going to affect other sessions, right? Like that was even something that you mentioned, I think a week or so ago, how it was like, um, I knew that I had to back up this next session. And not only did you have to, we have to focus on it from an execution standpoint, but ensuring that you're fueling appropriately um, only helps you for that next session so one thing to sometimes think about and I've done this in the past too is I'm like oh I've only got an hour to go like it's okay that I barely have any water left or I'm out of calories because yeah. <laughs> I only got an hour right or I've got 40 minutes no like I've had to I've had to mentally make that switch too like no stop yeah. get get more calories because maybe you have a swim later maybe you have a run later but or maybe not even that day but the next day, you have an 18 mile run. And if you are, if you deplete yourself a lot and because you will in that 45 minutes and you go over that, that kind of threshold of being depleted, you won't catch up and you'll feel like shit the next day. And then you just ruined your next training session because you skipped two gels or whatever it is. Um, And I've done, I've definitely done that and it's definitely been something I've been like, okay, you know, get it in. (laughs) We've all done it. We've all, yes, we hundred percent have. We've totally all done it. Um, awesome. Okay. Well that, it turned into a really, really big nutrition, um, uh, um, nutrition podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it and learned something. Um, we definitely had a couple of other questions, but they also are ones that I think require, um, more than we have time. Cause Aaron's got to get to a bike and, um, yeah, bike. Yes. Bike. Um, and, um, I have kids that are starting to get a little bit crazy. They've been really great. Um, and for reference, I didn't yell at them until minute 22. They were wandering in the garage and I had to <laughs> mute and tell them to not go into the garage <laughs> where I can't see them. um, but we did have some great questions, um, that I will save that we can go over, um, in regards to, um, you know, how to cope with training setbacks, um, due to injury, um, coming back from burnout and, um, mental side of races and kind of those pieces. Um, one last thing that I want to go over cause it fits really well is, um, mostly Aaron, what are you most excited about for Coeur d'Alene?
1: race
0: yeah i agree i am
1: excited i don't think that's actually ever been my answer so i think that's a really good sign
0: yeah i don't think it has either actually that so, is a good sign
1: i'm excited
0: yeah it starts to feel like a long time right i mean it's technically eight it's been eight weeks it'll have been no six weeks know,
1: six weeks six six to eight weeks seven something yeah. Yeah, i don't know it starts to feel ready. long
0: yeah <laughs> i think you're going to love corlain um for those of you that are racing corlain it's it's definitely a race that even like where it's like 2 weeks till it and i currently have like fomo already um <laughs> just cuz it's one of my favorite venues and i have yet to be able to do the full every year and i think i've said this on a previous podcast but every year that the full ironman has been at corlain I haven't been able to do it. The first year it was there. I got hit by a car four weeks prior and broke my ankle. Couldn't do it. I was on crutches still at the race. I actually contemplated. I even was I even like told asked my I asked my physical therapist, can I swim and bike? And I'll just skip the run. And he's like, Kayla, you're still on crutches. <laughs> no. No, you can't do that. <laughs> Um, and then the second year, which was two years ago, I was pregnant with Baylor. So I was 34 weeks pregnant because yeah, yeah. 34 weeks pregnant with Baylor. And then this year it just did not work. I just, with the move life move, I needed some space to do some training. Um, so it'll
1: be pretty. And I like the timing, uh, not going to lie, too. I mean, I'm very excited to race, obviously. But the timing works where I can kind of enjoy the 4th of July without being too stressed about training, which yeah. is also fun. Yep.
0: So. It's a good time frame to do a full Ironman because it allows you to have like a good solid spring of training then you can take like a one to two week full you know like a full week off recovery and then a one week uh to kind of ease ease into it type of thing and then then you're ready you're ready for the next half of the season so it's a great like this end of june is such a great time frame for a full ironman i wish they had more of them but they don't it's this is like in the u.s there's uh, others yeah in the rest of the world, I think, but I, uh, you know, I can't afford to fly around the world. Uh, no. so so no. <laughs> <Well>, I wish, <laughs> I wish
1: <laughs> maybe one day,
0: cause actually there's true. There's like, there's challenge Roth coming up and, um, Frankfurt Iron Man, which is like a bucket list one for me, I think is in a week, two weeks. I think so, so there are, there are some great ones across the world. It's not in the US this time of year. It's sad. No. So awesome. All right, everybody, we're going to think we're gonna leave you here and I will save these questions for next week. Um, cause there are some really great ones, um, that I think just deserve more time than we have to give them. Um, again, hope you guys found this, um, nutrition information, um, helpful and we'll chat with you next week.
1: Bye everybody.